Staffing and Recruiting the Real Life. We are back. Really excited about this episode. I am Kevin O'Brien with Echo Gravity here with Tony Sherwood, Cyber Search. How are you doing, Kev? Doing great. Doing great. Uh, how was your weekend? Weekend was good. Uh, you know, I'm a Chicago guy, and uh, the Bears came up strong. Big defense, not a lot of offense, but enough to uh, to win the game. And my Cubs, uh, after a nine-game losing streak, put themselves right out of position and out of the playoffs. So, you know, not a bad weekend altogether, though. All good. You? Good. Yeah, no, just usual stuff. My son uh, has been getting into fishing a lot lately. He's kind of a beginner at it. And so... Uh, Stopped at Cabela's. Have you ever been to Cabela's? You know, to be honest with you, I'm not a Cabela guy. I'm more of a Dick's sporting goods guy. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Dick's. I mean, we're not, no, no free free advertising, but hey. No, none. Dick's is good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Depends is he a long lure guy? Short lure? Uh, what kind of reel does he have? You know, it's all new to me. I, I've been to Cabela's twice, and it's just it's ridiculous how much fishing gear there is. Yeah, so I does really he get don't. into the water? Is this like an in-the-water thing with the, with the, what do you call those things? The knickers or the, what do you, what do you call those things? Uh, waders. 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 Waders? Waders? Yeah, yeah waders. No. Uh, no, he does get in the water, but it's usually in his sweatpants and socks. In fact, he did that <laughs> this last time. They, uh, you know, you're supposed to, I guess, go out and get your own uh, bait. Right, get like minnows or whatever you buy worms, or worms or whatever. So these guys were. I'm with him and one of his buddies in this little secluded area, and they see little minnows flying around. So they get this net and like catching minnows and get your own bait right there. But we didn't catch anything. And then we went to uh, we go to like hit the little ponds around the neighborhood, and uh, we ended up getting uh, going to this pond right in front of my neighborhood. And I actually caught this big bass. So I've got a picture of it. I'll post it on our Instagram feed for those of you that are. Uh, I guess it's a largemouth bass. I don't know. Largemouth bass. Now, yeah. is this catch and release, or did you like have this for lunch? No, no, the catch and release. I don't. I don't. Wouldn't know what <laughs> fish to eat. I've never eaten a bass, or you know. So. Yeah, I wouldn't know whether you yeah. can eat a bass or not. So, not, not my not my thing when it comes to fishing. Yeah, I'm more yeah. of a you know ball and mitt. Dick's guy. Dick's guy. Right. Well, good. Well, good. <laughs> Sounds like we both had good weekends. We did. Yeah. All right. Good. Well, so we've got. Uh, we're here at the Sears Tower. Or. Willis Tower, right? I I'll always that. call it Sears Tower. Yeah, I just here. can't call it Willis Tower. We'll post a picture of that out on social as well. I, yeah, I, I took sure. one on the way in. So, but uh, we've uh, we're up at the Metropolitan Club. Tony's fine firm is a member here, and so um, we have a fantastic guest. I'm really excited about uh, who I'm understanding you have a connection to, which we'll jump into. But we have Tom Kosnick of Vices Group here with us today. Tom, welcome. Yeah, thank you so much. Glad to be here. Beautiful day in uh, Chicago in the in the Willis Tower at the Metropolitan Club. Yeah, so I need to preface this. Tom, I've known Tom a long time, and I met him uh, closely, I guess closely, meaning I had a chance to sit down and talk with him at the Staffing Industry Analyst Executive Forum a few years back, I can't remember what town it was in, uh, but we were sitting there and he happened to be at the bar having a nice cocktail and he riffed out onto bourbon and whiskey and the and I was just in awe as to your level of expertise in that area. But we might be able to have a chance to get into that, but I think we've got a lot more to talk and Tom's a really interesting guy that, uh, from my understanding, uh, Tony, you've got a pseudo connection. You kind of know his brother Craig, right? Yeah, you know my brother Craig. Tell me about your first experience with my brother Craig. 
Oh, gosh. First uh, experience with Craig was at, I believe, the staffing industry executive forum, and he was sitting right in front of me. Uh, I, ha- I had known of him or talked to him a couple of times because I got a referral into him through a couple of associates of mine in the industry. So we had talked. We knew each other. He recognized me before I recognized him, and uh, the speaker got done. It was one of those 45-minute sessions. The speaker got, got done, and uh, Craig, Craig stands up and turns around and looks at me, and just, my mind was kind of rolling, and uh, I said, well, hey, what would you think of the speaker? Useless. Useless. We'd never be able to use any of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, uh, Craig is uh, not only uh, short on words, but uh, usually very direct. So uh, he, he doesn't mince words very much. So I'm glad you, you had an opportunity to meet him. So that's great. And how was your weekend, by the way, Tom? Weekend was good. Uh, we had, uh, I'm training for the Chicago Marathon. So my, my, I ran 14 miles on Saturday morning. And then uh, got home, had a nice breakfast, started doing some reading that I needed to catch up on, and uh, took a three-hour nap. Uh, Three-hour nap? Oh, nice. yeah. Took a three-hour three nap. nap. Yeah, I was on the road most of last week. So, so. 14 miles. How, how long does that take you? Uh, gosh, 14 miles. I think I did that uh, just under two hours. Just under two hours. That, is, that yeah. is really remarkable. I thought I was a good runner. I run six miles uh, every weekend, uh, with two of my very dear friends, uh, we're called the trailblazers because we, we run on a trail. Uh, I don't know if we're blazing any trail, but we, we run. Um, the goal is really just to make it back to breakfast. And if we make it back to breakfast, it's sort of a success. Uh, but, uh, wow, six miles, uh, I guess 14 is hard to fathom and let alone now 26.1, Two. Two. 26.2. Wow, that's great. Uh, good. Well, it sounds like uh, you guys have something in common, huh? You you run just to get to breakfast. Yes, for and sure. Tom, Tom runs with intent. Yeah, no, uh, there's no intent here. I have no intention of having the perfect body, no intention of sort of uh, living healthy. I like to eat. I like, food is really important to me. So if I get a chance As is to, most human beings. Yeah, no, but like not necessarily good food. Like I like my pastas and I like my tiramisu and I like my peanut M&Ms. So that, 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 it's really a running for to eat what I want to eat. That's sort of my goal in life, you know. And well, for those of you that can't see, Tony's a pretty skinny dude. It's not like he's a big fat guy sitting over there in the chair. Yeah, so you know, do, what do okay. You do can okay. Eat, you can eat your peanut M&Ms as much as you want. I can. You're doing okay. I can. Great. But we're not here to talk peanut m so. No, we're not. We're here to talk Tom Kosnick because Tom's got a really interesting background. Um, he's, I, I see Tom everywhere. Uh, Tom knows everyone. And, but yet, it took me a while to figure out what does Tom actually do. So, Tom, why don't you explain to us kind of like how you fit into the staffing industry. You've been in it a while. What got you into it? Just uh, you know, fill us in. Sure. The, uh, I got into the staffing industry like most people get into the staffing industry completely by accident. Uh, I was <laughs> yeah. making a career change. My father-in-law had a, a small uh, light industrial staffing business down in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, I went to him uh, because I didn't know, I didn't have a resume, really didn't have a resume or anything like that. And he introduced me to a uh, gentleman out of Cincinnati that was putting together these executive roundtables uh, that wanted to grow but didn't want to invest. And my father-in-law became the, my, the financial backer. And uh, we got the recipe from this, uh, this gentleman out of uh, Cincinnati, and off we went. Uh, and I started to, uh, I started to put together 
uh, president roundtables in the staffing industry. And at that time, the industry was growing, and depending upon what niche, anywhere from 12 to 40% a year, the IT industry was just red hot. Uh, commercial staffing. Those were the those were the days where you could get 22, 24% uh, margins with light industrial staffing businesses. And uh, but worked hard and had over 100 independently owned staffing businesses in eight different roundtables. That's all I did. I kind of locked down on so, sort of like training for a marathon. Just got my sales methodology in place and locked down on it. And uh, and then shortly, three years after that. Uh, pursued a master's in organizational development from Bowling Green State University and then started offering uh, OD consulting services to the industry and, and never looked back. It's a, a great industry, uh, love the industry, uh, love all the people that I, I, I've got wonderful clients. Uh, this, as you, as you guys know, this industry is a people industry and they uh, just wonderful, wonderful uh, folks in the industry and, and great clients. It's, it's been an honor to uh, to uh, serve the industry and be a part of it. So Tom's kind of got this niche in this roundtable business, right? So Correct. I, yeah. what, what made you, what was it that said, I need to do a roundtable? Yeah, uh, well, I had a lot of these uh, skills. I was, again, looking to make a career change, uh, and I had a lot of skills in terms of working with groups of people. Uh, was not particularly looking to do one-on-one -one work, but did... Uh, uh, taught, uh, wrote educational materials, uh, uh, put, on, uh, put on retreats up to uh, 100 people at a time, uh, working with, with larger teams of people that would, would do certain projects, uh, e either in the city here and, and whatnot. So I knew I had a lot of skills with groups of people. And, I, and so I, I was looking, hey, where can I transferable skills? Where could I transfer those skills and, uh, and at the same time make enough money to raise my family and put my kids through good schools and all that? And uh, so when I, when I uh, surveyed this uh, little business down in, down in Cincinnati, went to a few of those meetings, it just, you know how it is. Uh, you just know internally this is a good match. This is a good fit. I mean, I can do this blindfold walking backwards. And, uh, and through the years, I've always gotten really good compliments on facilitating these meetings, and, uh, which is an art. And I've, I've been to some additional training as well. Uh, you know how when you get a group of people together, uh, there are people that don't talk that much. You've got to get them to talk. There are people that talk too much. You've got to get them to not talk too much. Uh, you have people that sometimes tell bad jokes. You've got to pull them off to the side and say, hey, you know, wrong venue. Uh, so it's a, it's a, uh, and at the same time, you're, you're kind of watching everybody's behavior and who's taking notes and who's, uh, who's not taking notes and, and whatnot. So you, uh, it's, uh, but it's, it's good. It's a, it's a, it's a good, uh, good business and whatnot. So, so how do you define, I was going to say, how do you define success for yourself in the round tables? But I would think it's more important for the success to occur amongst the individuals at every round table. So, you know, you get a group. What's the average size of a round table first? Yeah, 12 to 14 so people. So 12 to 14 people. What are the statistics? Are you hoping that, like, 12 out of 14 get something? I mean, is it realistic to think that someone, all 14 people are going to achieve some sort of success uh, by coming to this meeting, what is it about? What's the measurement? Yeah, I mean, what's like, the how measurement? Do you, how, how do you walk away knowing somebody's feels good about right. it, and, and this was worthwhile? Yeah, Talk no, great. That's that. a great. That's a great question. So uh, obviously, you have uh, you have hard stats, right? So people come to the roundtable; they'll have specific topics, issues, challenges. 
Uh, and I am looking to get them very specific, the, the, the correct specific responses to that issue so that they can actually do something with it. So that's, that's one piece of it. Uh, but as you all know, uh, I, can, I can give somebody a bunch of great ideas, but if they don't do anything with it, you know, what good, is it, what good are the good ideas? So we do some follow-up work as well, uh, prodding, following up, making sure that people are resolving or moving on certain, certain issues and whatnot. So part of, part of that, part of what defines success is the fact that somebody comes to the table with an issue, and then that issue, they get a number of creative responses that they can evaluate, set against the criteria of what they're trying to get accomplished in, in their business. At the same time, it is a, it is a challenge to how do you – because in the, in the end, the reason why we're not growing our businesses is because we ourselves are not growing. Uh, we see the world in a certain way. We have assumptions about temporaries or contractors or clients or the economy or the government. And I've got to create a form where I can challenge those assumptions that we have about all of that in a very safe, non-defensive way. And if I can do that, then I can get what I call... I can get behind the eyes of the individual, and then if I'm if I if I can get them to change their assumption, then I can get the, them to change the way they see the world, and that's what I'm after. That's the that's the magic that happens in these in these roundtables. Uh, I tell my staff we cannot put on a bad meeting. We we we, we put on a bad meeting, I, I lose members. Uh, so uh, so one 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 part of the dynamic is people are getting specific responses to issues uh, that they're not coming to the roundtable four months later with the same issue. I always tell people, hey, uh, okay, uh, I'll let you come back one time with the same issue, but if you come back two times with the same issue, <laughs> you know, yeah, you're going to get booted. And, uh, do you uh, really boot people? Oh, yeah, yeah, really? yeah, oh. yeah, 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 it, 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 dynamics. My, my, my role is the dynamic of those 12 or 14 people that are working together. So, again, if you get somebody that is too aggressive, somebody that's, that's uh, telling bad, too, too many bad jokes, cussing too much during the meeting, not, not, not good, not good dynamics. And so then it, so you, why have one pill spoil, hey, sorry, wrong group, you know, go, go. There's plenty of other places you can go yeah. to, to do your thing. Uh, the, or so, do you so, typically have the same people come to the like so you know like eighty twenty rule you know right. so I'll build a group to maybe uh, fourteen fifteen people uh, not everybody can make every meeting uh, but it, it ensures me to get a dozen people at, at the meeting and then things happen people sell their business they uh, they they take a hiatus for a few years uh, so I'm always trying to introduce some new new blood into those roundtables which is a good thing to have that uh, have that dynamic which. Uh, which uh, so the the you know back to your your successes, right? I got to deliver results, right? I got to deliver uh, specific solutions uh, that affect results positively. But the other piece of success is behavior change of the person that owns that business. I I can tweak the comp plan of a sales rep or a recruiter and change behavior. How do you change the behavior of somebody who owns their own business? They're already making a lot of good money. And so uh, I, that's those are kind of the things that I'm I'm looking to uh, to do with the roundtable. Yeah, and, I, and specifically for me, you know, I obviously own with my brother, you know, a staffing firm for 20 years, and yeah. we're trying to, you know, grow the business. But we, like you said, we have to try to elicit change because oh. if we stand still, 
people pass us by. Now, the nowadays, industry, the are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, change is just descending upon this industry like no. It is so exciting. It is more exciting. 25 years of doing this, you think I'd be bored running these roundtables? It's more exciting now to facilitate one of these roundtables than it, than, it, than it has ever been, precisely because of all the new technologies and all the new things, that, the, the way that people buy the services, the way that what's the contractors, the way that they you know, view you, the way they view work, the way what's happening with work in this, in this industry. It's, it's really fascinating uh, what's so going I actually, on in the country. I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I actually went to a roundtable um, I don't know if it was yours specifically, but I went to a roundtable and I got one of the, some of like our best advice ever uh, or a new initiative. And that was we, I don't know if this is appropriate, but we added um, a consultant advocate to our company. We had never, for 15 years, uh, CyberSearch, we would get a job, we'd place them, and we'd have some follow-up by our recruiter every six months or a year. And that seemed very um, transactional, mm -hmm. for lack of a better word. And we realized that our best candidates um, are the candidates that are currently working. Like, they are our best um, marketing tool, and we should have a closer relationship with these individuals. So we hired what we call a consultant advocate. And all this consultant advocate does is follow up on a religious basis, you know, every two weeks, how are you doing? What are you doing? What do you need? How can I be of assistance? Are there any new jobs that you've heard about either at your current client or people that are calling you? And it has increased our redeployment, utilizing resources again and again, probably 20%. And so it really... And this idea specifically came from a forum group, and it has been incredibly impactful. So I do know the importance firsthand of what you do, and I would, you know, I would just encourage people to continue to go to these forums because if they can get one idea, just one, right, it could really impact their business, um, not only today but also in the future. Uh, that I think perhaps you never would have found it had you not gone to one of these. Yeah, if you, if you do a survey of some of the most successful business people uh, in, in the world, they either have a cadre of consultants that they call on or they have a number of these uh, industry groups that they belong, peer peer groups that they belong to, to, again, just ideas, uh, help them uh, help them give themselves data on how they're approaching their business and whatnot. You can, I, I had a client one time, I just thought this was just such a great statement. He said, you can know a lot in this industry, uh, but with a really good roundtable, you can know just about everything you need to know to succeed. And I thought, what a great, can I, can I use that as a testimonial? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He said, he, yeah. he said, sure. Do you have some, what I'd call maybe rock stars of, of forum groups, like who's the who-who of bringing in, that, that really always generate and elicit responses, well, generate good feedback? Yeah, you're talking about roundtables round now? Yeah. You talk, yeah, you know, I've got a CFO roundtable that's like the who-who's of, 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 uh, of, 
of staffing companies in the uh, in the industry, and that's that's a solid. Fu- People are like knocking on the door to get into that roundtable now because like everybody knows the names of the businesses that uh, that are in that roundtable. Those guys, uh, those men and women are in that roundtable. First off, uh, they all come from these. Uh, they all have uh, advanced degrees. They all have a wide variety of experiences working in different kinds of businesses and whatnot. Uh, CFO, so they're the decision maker. They're working directly with the people that own the businesses, which are all family-owned businesses. And they're also managing a bunch of people uh, underneath them and whatnot. So big jobs. Uh, first off, they're all north, well north of $100 million in revenue. And uh, big jobs, uh, big, uh, a lot of responsibilities. But just I, I feel so uh, humbled that I'm there facilitating this group because, like, any one of these, these individuals – are uh, just so accomplished and and it's just the production out of that round table that one round table it's it's insane it, it's just unbelievable that what they talk about what they benchmark on the, the issues uh, just how they go about solving problems in their business is just it's it's fascinating to me it's good for you yeah. to be a sponge just oh to my absorb gosh, the information i just like yeah exactly i just feel so fortunate that i mean I, Truth be told, I mean, this wasn't by design, but I, I am my round because of the roundtable program. I am just so well connected into this industry, and I tell people, say, "Hey, Tom, why should I hire you as a consultant?" And I say, "Because if I don't know the answer, I know somebody that knows the answer." That is, I mean, that and that is that's great. That to me is. I just want to know, know somebody that can help me get to the answer. I'm not yeah. asking them to know everything, but if they can help link me, like, great. Even better, like just help me. Yeah, because I'm going to in yeah. turn try to help you. Yeah, right. That's many, what business is about. Many a times, I picked up a new new client here. Uh, Kevin was on the phone with this uh, individual, and uh, he didn't know uh, he was doing nothing on digital marketing and marketing and all that stuff. Very successful organization, an IT consulting firm, and uh, uh, in the industry. And uh, you know, we set up a couple of calls with clients of mine that were. I, that I feel that are kind of on the cutting edge of forward thinking, uh, gosh, you know, an, an hour and a half, kind of, an hour and a half later, and I'm getting a call back from my, my new client, Tom, this is fantastic. Uh, I, 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 I never knew that staffing companies thought this way about marketing and positioning themselves and reaching out to candidates and increasing candidate flow and, and positioning themselves with uh, hiring managers and clients and, and whatnot. So how valuable is that? Just, just, just like opening somebody's eyes to, hey, look, this is what the world, this is what's happening in the world in, in today's day and age. So marketing is one of those things that obviously I'm passionate about and that is an ch- ever-changing thing in the barometer of of uh, staffing, but what what are you seeing out there? Like, you know, we've we've had discussions about there's a downturn or there's a you know a recession come in a little one. I haven't seen. I mean, our clients are having monster years this year. Yeah, I, I can't yeah. tell you how yeah. many clients have said this is the biggest year we've had. What are you seeing out there? What what are the yeah, trends that sure yeah yeah yeah. So about? the manu- those big manufacturing companies, the, uh, I'm sorry, the big uh, light industrial staffing companies, they're flat. 
uh, over last year. And depending upon the niche that you're in, like, hey, this is not like rocket science here. So the, the, the healthcare staffing businesses, as what is it, three, 10,000 people a day retire out of the workforce? So as the baby boomers, uh, you know, move into retirement and they need more health care, and as people, you know, now are living, you know, into their 90s and, and whatnot, uh, so healthcare staffing w is going to continue to grow, just because that segment of the population is going to continue to grow. W IT staffing going to continue to grow because more and more things are being IT outsourced, and and more and more uh, functional areas of businesses are relying on technologies that need update and checks and all that good stuff. So that's that's. But when you get into the light industrial, flat, uh, obviously the engineering sector, flat. The, the clerical sector has been flat for, for, for years. Uh, it's still a good sector to be in, depending upon you know what city that you're in uh, and whatnot. But uh, overall, I mean, I think we're going to hit like $153 billion in revenue this year. Gosh, what was it when I got in 20, uh, 25 years ago? It was like a $40 billion. <laughs> It's been a wonderful, wonderful ride going from $40 Jerry, billion to Do you have any stats or thoughts about executive search? I think executive search will remain healthy even during the downturn and basically for two reasons. One is that uh, a very high percentage of the population – are still looking to make lateral moves. I just saw a statistic, uh, and I can't remember where it was from. It was something like uh, like 87% of people basically have one eye on opportunities. 87% of people that are working have an eye on opportunities. So, uh, you know, wages a lot of, for a lot of people, the only way they get a raise is by taking a move somewhere in another for organization. Sure. For sure. So I, that's not going to go away. That's going to continue to uh, – that dynamic is going to continue to, to work uh, or uh, affect us in a positive way, be a positive uh, dynamic for executive search. And the other thing is, is that we've got more open jobs than we've got people looking for jobs. So even if we get a little bump in the economy, a little recession, uh, which is gonna, uh, obviously not going to affect – all the sectors uh, in the economy, uh, but even if we get a little bit of a downturn somewhere, uh, we still have this gap of people that are companies that are looking for uh, where we have open positions and not enough people to fill those positions. Gosh, I mean, uh, you know, in uh, Tony, in uh, IT staffing, we're a fully deployed workforce. We, how many, how many hundreds of thousands, how many th thousands of people could we bring over? to fill jobs right now. I mean, how many open orders do you guys have on the boards? A quality, open, well, we're painting, Tom, we're painting, the recruiters are painting the walls of their, of their cubicles in A quality job a orders quality, that, open that we racks, cannot fill. And they all want the same technology, all the companies right? want the same skill sets, and you know, the truth is, is our political climate right now is, is that where we're getting less talent Right? Yeah, because yeah, the, it makes the, no the sense. offshore makes no sense. individuals, yeah. um, they they've already stopped with the H four, which allows spouses to come into the country. So now, yeah. you know, less people are coming to the country or being allowed entry to work. So um, all all those fav all those dynamics favor uh, a healthy executive search. Yeah, continuing through, I, I think through a uh, through a mild recession. 
I, I really do. Because in our uh, future podcast, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have uh, you know, a gentleman f- from that specializes in executive search. The uh, the gentleman the, the group uh, ITR up in Boston. Uh, I signed on. I get their monthly reports and all that all that good stuff. So they're and they, they have a lot of indicators uh, that are showing that the economy's slowing down. I was reading the Wall Street Journal. Uh, the the economy's slowing down. Okay, we kind of know all this stuff, but they do have the ITR guys say that that the temporary staffing, contract staffing uh, sector, there's a high probability that uh, we are not going to experience a slowdown even if there's a mild recession in the country. And so I'm not an economic guru, but isn't there, there like employment rate is typically a leading indicator of something, right? So maybe this particular instance yeah, is there's, there's no that's correlation. That's a great there, question. Right? So what's the true unemployment rate? Uh, and it depends geographically. It depends on the the, uh, the pay rate that you're in. Uh, you know, there are some say, hey, the unemployment rate is uh, as high as 9% in, in some areas in the southeast and whatnot, uh, lower-end manufacturing. Uh, but uh, the... Uh, uh, a participation rate. That's probably a more so. Yeah, like historically, we used to. Everybody in the industry would hang on. Hey, the unemployment rate is X. The unemployment rate, for all practical purposes, is a is a moot number. We shouldn't even look at it, and it shouldn't even talk about it in our industry. We should be looking at participation rate. We should be looking at uh, GDP growth. Uh, we should be looking at uh, at some of these sectors where. Uh, activity and population are growing because that's what that hey in the end uh, 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 economically if the population is growing the economy is growing it, it's just it, it says it, it can be almost as simple as that and so well what does that mean well if the population is growing what I mean more people are getting married more people are having kids so you can have like all that kids stuff that gets manufactured and wash machines and refrigerators <laughs> and houses and all that stuff so no surprise that Texas is boom, like that Dallas and, and Houston and San Antonio. No surprise that Tampa, Tampa and Jacksonville and Orlando, Nashville, uh, Nashville. You know, those Almost are like bourbon, right? Uh, right. Oh, let's open up an office in uh, the Upper Midwest and uh, the Upper Upper New York, where population is shrinking. Not, not a very smart move, right? You want to move. You want to go where the population is growing because that's going to create jobs and, and whatnot. Uh, so what are you seeing that's interesting? Because we've got clients that Nashville is a hot spot. Yeah. Everybody wants to open up a new yeah. office yeah, in yeah. Nashville, Dallas. What are you seeing as like the top three or four suburban areas where or cities where you would recommend companies to expand? Yeah, sure. Uh, now, uh, the Tony's in uh, IT staffing. So, uh, gosh, I mean, uh, the Twin Cities. Well, well. Yeah. Okay. So I would I would look for markets where you can make inroads. So Columbus, Ohio, uh, the Twin Cities, uh, Chicago's a tough market. Uh, New York, tough market. The Bay Area. I've got clients that tried to open up in the Bay Area, and, and after three years, they they shut down. Hey, why'd you shut down your your Bay office? Uh, well, we'd get a recruiter up to speed, and then Google would come in and. You know, make them an offer for sixty grand more on a base salary plus a commission, and they were gone. And so, uh, maybe San Jose. Uh, uh, there are there are some markets. Uh, Dallas is a big VMS market. Uh, Houston's a good Houston's a good uh, very good uh, very good market. Uh, Tampa is a great uh, is a big 
a, a strong IT market. Uh, so just yeah, those those areas uh, are, are generally. So so you're saying essentially follow the population growth, uh, follow that that trend as well. You know, why sort of fight it in New York, LA, San Francisco, Chicago? Because um, those are well, those are. Hey, look markets. what's happening! Look what's happening in Chicago, right? I mean, first off, we got to deal with the winter, right? So there's a lot of people that don't want to want to do it. Secondly, you got to deal with ridiculous traffic. Uh, you know this, right? I mean, I hey, do. if it's more than yeah, more it took than me a, an hour and a half to get in today. It, yeah, if it's more than a 45 minute commute, don't, don't even submit the candidate. It, it's uh, you know, on and on and on. People want to work remotely, so like they can work yeah. remotely in Houston, in in, in Florida, and in, in Atlanta. Much yeah, nicer yeah. commute uh, weather than it's, frankly Chicago. It, yeah, exactly. So I mean, people are not not and pay not, a lot uh, less in taxes. Not, not tied here. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and and then I mean, there's all the, there's the political lay of the land here in Chicago, which. Uh, questionable at at, uh, uh, at its finest. Uh, so why not move to cities? Why not uh, open up cities where a lot of those kinds of uh, issues are non-issues? Right. Take it. So look 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 for growth. Population growth is one thing. But hey, if I'm trying to attract candidates that. Uh, 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 what, the ease of ease of uh, ease of life, where you know I can buy a home, I can uh, I can get to work fairly easy. The schools are good. Uh, uh, they got a good reputation, low crime, all that stuff. I mean, that's that's there's there are a lot of reasons why people live in certain areas and and whatnot. So, Minneapolis, uh, uh, the Twin Cities. I mean, that's 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 a fantastic uh, IT market up there. And okay, so they have the winter and all that stuff. But people that move up there, I mean, they love it. Uh, they uh, again, no crazy traffic, and and people are really friendly up there. Uh, uh, not not so friendly after the Bears beat up on the Vikings. They this, did uh, beat them this, up uh, really good. <laughs> that was some massive defense played by the, our our finest uh, Columbus, Ohio. Bears. You know, I, my understanding is that Columbus is one of the top. 10 IT markets in the country. Columbus is a fantastic city to raise a family in. There's Every time I've been through Columbus, there's never been any traffic. I've heard nothing uh, but great things about, about yeah, Columbus. So, no, I'm going to okay. say this out loud just in case somebody from Ohio State happens to hear this podcast because I'm my sure daughter is applying. She actually applied last week to Ohio State. Uh, it is one of her top choices. She would love to go to Ohio State. So, you know, you never know if uh, this is going to reach uh, the Ohio State Buckeye uh, admissions officer. I certainly hope it does. But, you know, put a good order in for my daughter, please. Yeah. <laughs> so so let's switch gears a little bit. I, I love the input on where companies should be thinking in terms of geographical areas. And, and let's talk about internal to staffing firms. What's going on inside the firms? What, what are the challenges that companies are facing? What are you seeing out yeah, there? Yeah, sure. Number one challenge would be turnover rates. So pretty pretty common in our in our industry to have... Across the board in across terms the board, of all of the 40% positions, turnover rates. 40%. Yeah. Now, yeah. We're say, well, internal look, staff. Say, yeah, internal staff, right. uh, salespeople and recruiters. Uh, so, I mean, what happens in our industry, these companies rapidly grow. And uh, they take recruiters and salespeople, and they get sucked up into the organization as it grows. They really don't have the training or the expertise to uh, to manage people. So they take a recruiting a senior recruiter, and they make that person a recruiting manager. And well, you know that people leave managers; they don't leave companies, uh, which is just one of the one of the many variables that affect turnover. But yeah, turnover is a is a big problem in the industry. So if you can get it 
uh, if you can get it uh, 30, 25 percent in your organization, that's uh, that's that's pretty good. The other another big thing that's happening is that we cannot sell the way we did two years ago. We cannot recruit the way we did two years ago. So there are companies that are out there that I, they're, they're doing it. I talk to them. It's like, guys, you're, you're running this business the way we ran this business, not two years ago, but 10 years ago. Like, you're just going to get slaughtered because there are people that are just smarter, faster, better, adopting the technologies that are willing to train people and come up with creative ways of compensating and, and, uh, and uh, you know, the big ones, uh, work environment, work from home or flex, flex time, uh, the training, the management, the comp, the, the equipment. I run, I run into, I, I run into, imagine this, I run into IT staffing companies where the guy says, I, I can't get, I'm trying to send a document, I can't get the document through or it's not going through and the, and the, and the, and the, and the person who owns a business says, hey, send it to me on my Gmail account. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Now you're, you're a technology company and yeah. you're telling me to set, send, send the document on. Your inbox isn't big enough. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, so that that uh, how do you get how do you get uh, I call it magic in the margin. There are so few staffing companies out there that know how to get magic in the margin. What is that? Hey, that's where salespeople and recruiters is that team environment. We all know what it's like. We can walk into a staffing company and you immediately know these guys got it to get. It's happening here. And then you walk into the, the, all the other staffing companies and, and you know, stand away from the door at 5 o'clock because you might get run over, right? <laughs> I mean, nobody, there's, there's the, the collaboration, the learning, the excitement, the, the uh, uh, that's, that's the, that's, that's, it's a, so it's a big challenge to create that culture within the staffing industry because look so how do you do that these like, are if these were, are what tough. works these what, what you into, jobs. you were to walk into a business let's say a client brings you in hey tom we need you to assess our company you walk yeah. in you yep. right off the top you're like these guys don't get it what are the three things that you would see that they need to change yeah uh so first off you've got senior management that is uh senior management that's not involved in the day-to-day -day business senior management that uh is uh, off doing a bunch of other things that really aren't excited about being in the industry, about promoting the brand, about promoting an individual. Because it's, you got two dynamics, right? You got, the, you got the brand of the organization, and then you've got the individual brand of, of sales reps. I mean, no time have we been you know, working in business, all three of us, where You've got that, those two dynamics working side by side with one another, which is so, ex I think, so exciting for like a young rep or a young recruiter to say, hey, we've got this, this, this overall arching brand. We're going to help you develop your brand as a professional recruiter, an admirable job, a professional sales executive, admirable job in this industry. So first, hey, they, what do they say? I wish I knew a little bit more Italian. But they, you know, the fish stinks from the head down, right? So you've got senior management that is that doesn't. I'm not sure I get that. Yeah, one more time. Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> fish stinks from the head down. The fish stinks from the head down, which basically means that you've got you've got people that that are running the business that don't believe in the don't believe in that excitement, don't believe they're not passionate themselves about 
like the business and about creating a culture internally. So the fish head so, is actually the leaders, the owners of the of these businesses. Oh, sure, and then yeah, yeah. They yeah, they can't yeah. they can't push it down to everyone else in the organization. Well, you know, it's either, it's either become a lifestyle business, and you know, the king has no clothes. So you know, I meet these folks that think that uh, you know they're running a business, and they think that they're fooling all their employees and whatnot, but they're really not. And uh, you wonder fooling what, them how? What do you what do you mean by that? Oh well, the, because the because the core purpose of the business is to make that individual wealthy, and, and the core purpose of the business is not to hey help Tony become a stellar recruiter, help Tony become a, a, a top notch sales executive where where Tony can take those skills and then hey if 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 in five years or six years you move on, but you've been able to build these skills in, in yourself. So building building culture is really about you know how do you create uh, how do you create uh, so first off the person at the top has got to have like really a strong belief and passion about the business belief in what would the value proposition that they're bringing to the marketplace and then secondly there's got to be value in the individual value in you read all the current research re research now, you, wh whether that's the marking Buckingham and the Gallup poll stuff, or first break all the rules, uh, on and on and on, the Center for Creative Leadership, all that stuff. You've got, your managers have got to be working one-on-one. -on -one. Hey, uh, Kevin, what, what is it that you, what is, tell me about yourself, Kevin. I mean, like, what, what do you want to, like, what kind of goals and aspirations do you have? Why, you know, why did you pick a sales career? I mean, when you think of yourself two years from now, what do you, th you know, what do you think? Where, where are the gaps that you want to, uh, that you want to close in your own development as, as a professional sales executive? Do I mean, you find those, that a lot of companies aren't doing that? So for professional are you development you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. there's a difference between training and professional development. Right. I, most of the industry does no professional development, none at all. Why is that? Is it just that's they, the they way don't they've value it. it? They don't value it. Oh, well, this person's going to be with me for two years and they're going to leave. But uh, hey, and this is just not staffing industry across the board. Uh, a lot of organizations have, uh, if you look over the last 10 years, their, their training budget has, has uh, inched down, 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 down. Companies, organizations are uh, investing less and less and less in their, in their people. Uh, uh, you, your consultants, you're talking about a consultant care individual. Here, let me give you another great idea, uh, and that is take a senior-level consultant that wants to give back, uh, pay that guy whatever you're going to pay him, but, but have him as, quote-unquote, a mentor. So what you're, what you're going to find out is that your consultants are not going to want to talk to a recruiter until they're coming off assignment or, you know, two months, before the, two months or so before they're coming That's off true. assignment. But they, your organization could have a – this is part of training and development, right? But your organization could have a senior-level mentor that's doing the exact same thing with your consultants that somebody needs to be doing with salespeople and recruiters to say, hey, we've got uh, so-and-so here. Uh, who is going to help you? How do you want to have these kinds of conversations on, hey, what, you know, where are your skill gaps? And what do you think of what do you want to be two years, three years from now? And, and what are your aspirations and things like that? Oh, my gosh, your, your consultants will become, will become emphatic about, about the business, uh, about your business and, and, and referring other consultants to, uh, 
uh, cyber search and, and whatnot. Do you have a lot of companies that have someone like that? Because I've never seen that role yeah, inside of an organization. Uh, you're talking on the my, consultant you, side? So now, uh, the I'm talking side? on a consultant side. Uh, you have I've, to have a big enough organization that would support that you, kind of cost. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, right, Call yeah. it 100 contractors or more? Yeah, mm. yeah, 100 contractors or more. Yeah. So again, uh, where do these ideas come from? They, they come, come from, from the forum group, right? They, they, yeah, exactly. But uh, they, they come from more um, uh, uh, from people who are open to ideas, from uh, uh, people that, uh, that own these businesses. They tend to be younger, uh, so they tend to not be in business as long as, uh, 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 as, long as some, of, some of my clients. And they're just, they're just open to, you know, hey, it's, it's, it's like these phones, right? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm an old-timer when it comes to sales. Give me a call list, I'll make dials. That's what I learned. That's what I got comfortable with. That's my means of communication was making dials, making phone calls. Hey, look, in today's day and age, it's a lot more than making dials. It's, it's text messages. It's emails. It's whatever. But 60% of the workforce, millennials, you know, what's the preferred means of communication for millennials? It's, uh, it's, it's through these, these apparatuses and, and, and whatnot. So the older you are, in, in a, as you get older and more experienced in the industry, you've got to have, you've got to have like somebody that's going to knock you in the head every now and then and say, hey, Tom, uh, you know, stop thinking that way. Or have you thought about this? Or whatnot and and so the people that that do things like on um, these ideas that we're talking about they tend to be really open to uh, uh, new ideas so I get uh, so Tony I get uh, clients to call me up hey I, I want to uh, Tom I want to be in a peer roundtable but I, I only want IT staffing companies and they have to be between 10 and 25 million in revenue I said well that, that's gonna make for a couple of good meetings but in the end, you're not going to generate any new ideas for your business. So in the end, what you're looking for are people that are in the industry. They know about the industry, but they don't look like you. They don't dress like you. They don't act like you. <laughs> right. They got, they, you got to get ideas right? from outside the... Creativity. Cre exactly. You got to be willing to make mistakes, too. I mean, yes. you got to be able to take risks and be willing to make mistakes. I know, you know, speaking for myself and, as, as an owner, um, risk-reward. Right, you have to measure that every single day. Um, I would like to take calculated risks on trying new initiatives. Um, some are going to work and some are going to fail. I appreciate and sort of thrive, I guess, have a sense of energy when I get these ideas that I want to try. I mean, the truth is, is that um, even doing a podcast, right? sort of gets you out of your comfort zone and hopefully you gain some insight from other people, right? And, and the, you're, you're a prime example, uh, Tom. So, uh, you know, again, thanks sir, for yeah, bringing you're welcome. your you're energy welcome. To, and your to ideas to this, uh, to this, this, you could argue this is a round table. Uh, it, yeah, it, it absolutely. is a round table. We are around a table. Kevin and I, I'm, uh, I'm always calling Kevin. Hey, tell me about this, Kevin. Hey, I heard, I heard about this from a marketing. It's sort of just that, sharing of ideas, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm always yeah, bugging. I'm always calls, bugging. Right? Him. Hey, let's, you yeah. know, it's for me too to learn about what's yeah, going exactly. on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you talked about going back to the point where you said that one of the challenges is the communicating for salespeople in the industry. And I see that too. Like, you know, when I grew up in the industry, same thing. I got my list of people I was calling, pounding down doors, getting meetings, making the call, leaving voicemails. 
I, I couldn't imagine going back into the industry now and doing that. It just probably doesn't work, right? No, so of how, course it doesn't work. And our work. clients are, it shifted. So earlier this year, it was, we need candidates. It's all about candidate marketing. It's all about employer branding. Now it's like, hey, we need to get in front of new people. We need new clients. We need to get that. That curve is starting to change a little bit, even though the unemployment rate is really low. Mm-hmm. So what are you seeing companies are doing to get those new meetings? Because put aside like VMS, MSP, mid-market, CIOs, whoever it is, yeah. how are they getting yeah, in front no, of Yeah, no, hey, people? so look, I mean, this is, you have a person, your organization, whatever the name of it is, has a persona in the marketplace. That persona in the marketplace, the website is one way of getting that projected. But look, I mean, there's LinkedIn, there's these other uh, digital marketing tools. So you have to project that persona into the marketplace in the specific areas that you know hiring managers that are looking for your services are going to be. You still have to make dials, but the dials are compelling commercials. And what's going to happen? You'll make two, you make three dials, whatever. Leave compelling commercials for the sales rep. Leaves uh, these commercials on these voicemail messages. Uh, sooner or later, the hiring manager, they're not going to call the rep back. They're going to get on the internet. They're going to look at the website. They're going to if this website is is not uh, does not jump out at them and say, "You need to be doing business with us." It's not a creative. It's not up to date. It's it's all that stuff. Uh, then, boy, you're just you're just missing a boat completely. So in terms of like the new, the new getting new clients, uh, yeah, I mean, the website's got to look great and all that stuff. Retraining on the sales reps uh, in terms of leaving those the creative, compelling commercials. And then the other thing is, is somewhere, somebody in your organization has really got to be pushing that person, that, that brand, that it's not, I don't call it a brand, I call it a persona. Uh, out into the marketplace in the areas that you know the hiring managers that you're going after are hanging out on the internet. And then, and then the other piece of it is that uh, LinkedIn times 10, right? So your individual people. What did you say? LinkedIn. Oh, LinkedIn, LinkedIn times 10. Times 10. <clears throat> your individual people have a persona on LinkedIn. And that, that like, help them build that. I mean, they should be spending... Their first 60 minutes of the day should be them doing certain things on LinkedIn. And I'm telling you, it's, uh, that's a big, big piece of yeah, it. Yeah, I use LinkedIn on a daily basis, actually an hourly basis, a minute-by-minute basis. Uh, I, I have found, this is my tip, uh, advocating for other people Amen. Uh, it is a really strong way to uh, increase your presence. Um, you know, where I'm a staffing, I'm an owner of a staffing company, and I so I'm always asking people um, for people that could help me with introductions, help me with relationships, help me with connections. Um, and for me, I feel it's uh, an obligation, a responsibility, sort of help others, mm-hmm. right? How can I constantly ask other people to help me and me not willing to help others? So when you're on LinkedIn, whether you're just starting off or you've been in the business for now 20 years like me, uh, it'd be my recommendation, opinion, that you uh, try to help people uh, and support their strengths and support their growth. I think that's how you build uh, connections and build relationships. Uh, it's not just about me. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, couldn't, I could not agree more. 
Yeah, I mean, we could go on forever. This is yeah, crazy. I don't know if that makes sense, my response there on, on how do the new sales reps sell. No, I think it makes yeah. actually great sense. I mean, I'm yeah. trying to get that. It's hard to execute. There's so many things that are different now than what they were before. And so it's really about that persona and the brand and people connecting with it. It's, it's well, different. and your whole organization has got to think differently, right? Yeah. I mean, they, yeah. Can't, they can't think the way. And that's why we, we, we all walk into these staffing companies and you can just you can just tell you can tell by the way the receptionist greets you. These guys are five, ten years in arrears. <laughs> yeah, and you know it's funny. Somebody said that uh, I can't remember who said this, but we're, they're no longer staffing companies; they're marketing firms and they're yeah. sales organizations, right? technology so, organizations. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, uh, that's right on. You have to be marketing your organization, marketing yourself, uh, because you have to have. It, it's just, it's I just find it so exciting. Yeah, I, I really do. A lot of change. Yeah, yeah. I, I just find it so exciting. And, and then the tools that are out there, and uh, I, I'm doing things I would have never. The fact that I'm sitting here doing this podcast with you guys. I mean, I would have never. <laughs> uh, two weeks ago, I wouldn't have imagined myself doing this. But uh, <laughs> yeah. well, let's hope let's hope it reaches the masses. Let's yes. see how good. Isn't we do it on great this brand. Yeah. It is Isn't, great. Like, here we are talking about these great ideas. We uh, you know without. The fact that you know we're doing a podcast together, we we of course I I knew uh, I knew Tony's brother, but I didn't know Tony, so it's been been a pleasure getting to know him uh, a little bit more through this whole event. But uh, yeah, yeah. Well, let, let's get to know you a little bit. I, I think your your insight into the industry is fantastic, and I'm, I always yeah, love thank you. hearing thank you. what you have to say because uh, you're so well connected. Uh, but let you know a little bit about you. I you know we talked. I, I was fascinated with your your background and uh just your knowledge and the whole you know bourbon side of things but i know you've given me a little bit of an insight as to who you are personally uh i know you know you you had done something prior to staffing why don't you tell a little bit about yeah that? sure no i worked for the catholic church i was uh studying to for uh, uh for ordained ministry and uh i got close to the end of my master's of divinity and uh, realized that that was not the calling uh, now my wife will tell you that she actually convinced me otherwise that sh that uh, but uh, the, 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 the she convinced you otherwise to get to change to or change that, yeah okay. yeah yeah so your uh, wife but, gave you the but, call uh, yeah exactly yeah you yeah got the call from the wife which yeah. many <laughs> many times if I could speak for myself uh, is a probably very important to listen to that call yes like, yeah 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 so uh, but anyway I kind of knew that that it wasn't the calling and I w I was uh, you know I'm a Polish kid from Detroit and uh, anything we start we finish so. I was too close to, to finishing my MDiv, and uh, and as you guys know, uh, there's a lot of organizations that you can go work for that if you've got a master's degree, it kind of moves you up the notch in terms of competition and all that stuff. So I finished my, my MDiv, uh, and the uh, shortly thereafter, I met my wife, and uh, then we got married and whatnot. So that was a uh, that was a great time. Uh, uh, I I don't regret. Uh, the 10, 12 years or so that I was working working uh, for the church, I spent uh, five years working at 113th and King Drive on the south side of Chicago. In fact, the parish was Holy Rosary Parish. Uh, it was uh, when, uh, when Barack Obama was a community organizer, his first office, the pastor of our parish, uh, gave him uh, his first office uh, on the south side of Chicago. So wow. he, had a, he had an office down at, uh, down at Holy Rosary. Uh, the uh, the Archdiocese of Chicago has uh, is no longer uh, that parish. Uh, they merged it with another 
couple of other parishes down there. And so I think they still own the property and they're leasing it to a, a Baptist church or something like that. But uh, so, yeah, that was, uh, we did some unbelievable things down there. We, we would sponsor these youth retreats where we would get kids from the, Hispanic kids from the southeast side, uh, 91st and commercial down there. And then kids from my neighborhood, which was Roseland and uh, African-American kids. And then we would take kids from Arlington Heights and we'd get, I don't know, 100, 120 kids together for these weekend retreats. And uh, nobody, in the United, nobody in the United States was doing anything like this. And it was specifically geared at giving young people experiences, uh, positive, healthy, interracial experiences. And uh, I've got, uh, we, we still, a number of those kids, they, they still, you know, send, now they're married and have kids, and, and uh, uh, we stay in touch and whatnot. It's, uh, uh, I, I, I truly can say we, uh, I, 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 I'm sure I saved a few staffing companies, but that's not going to get me into heaven. <laughs> but we did, we, did save a, we did save a number of lives in the south side of Chicago, and, uh, and, th- and that will get me into heaven. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, it was a great time in my life. Uh, I was young and single, so I could, I could, I could, uh, I could live in a, live in a, uh, I could live in a, uh, tough neighborhood and, and be fine with it and, and all. But, uh, yeah. Well, good. So you, you've done some good in your life, uh, and that's good. Yeah. Now. Like you're yeah, yeah, still yeah. not doing good, right? It's yeah. just for a different yeah, cause. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah. And you've got... You know, you're married. You've got a couple of three kids. kids. My uh, my first one, uh, Down syndrome and autistic, and uh, we kind of learned he was autistic later on uh, in his uh, uh, when he was five or six years old, and we kind of had some ideas. We saw some patterns and things like that, but uh, we we quickly got into a uh, into a, uh, uh, a peer group of parents and whatnot, and. Uh, I, I just, I'll never forget this, but we went to this picnic. We were living in Louisville, Kentucky at the time. We went to this, we went to this picnic and, uh, there was a woman, she must, she was in her nineties, early nineties. And she had a son that was whatever, uh, 50 something or 60 something. I, f- I forget now. And, uh, she met Catherine and I, and, and uh, she said, the best thing you can do for that new baby is have another baby. And so, uh, we said, okay, uh, the words of, right, the words yeah. of, of, uh, of wisdom like that. So we, uh, by uh, whatever, by having a child with the disabilities, we've become uh, disability uh, advocates. And, uh, yeah, it, it's uh, uh, my, other, my other two children, just wonderful, wonderful uh, young adults and uh, working. Uh, but I always say they... You know, they have a sixth antenna. They, uh, they, they walk into these situations where uh, questionable behavior or behavior, you know, whatever. I mean, the, who, who knows? I mean, it's, uh, it's, uh, uh, we're all a little bit disabled in certain ways, right? And so uh, just having a sixth sense of, of going into these, these environments and, and knowing how to do that. But uh, I always say that my... My uh, my greatest accomplishment is just 27 years of marriage and 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 three, you know, wonderful wonderful responsible empathetic uh, uh, children uh, in the in the world is uh, is really my my uh, my greatest accomplishment. That's yeah, yeah that's, that's really beautiful. It's funny, you know you mentioned uh, your 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 child uh, that has uh, autism and Down syndrome. I think you said yes. Yeah. Um, you know I'm. 
I'm a big TV show guy, and I, I watch uh, America's Got Talent. Yes, I don't know if you're yeah. familiar with uh, Cody Lee. He was just the winner of this ama- this huge show. He is both blind and autistic, mm. and he won this contest amongst thousands of uh, of entries. And you know, he is good for him. Unbelievably talented, and. Uh, you know, it's a family thing. So his mother is obviously yes. heavily invested, heavily involved. And I think it's just, it's very, it brought a lot of joy to a lot of people. Um, it very inspirational. Uh, people have a lot of people. Everyone has issues in their life, uh, challenges. You said no, no one's perfect. And, yeah, and, yeah. and you have to overcome them. And some people have it harder and some people have it easier. And, uh, but, uh, this is a, a I think a, a great example of how important you know it is to to give everyone an equal opportunity to thrive and uh, enjoy life and then this is this case like i said he reached the pinnacle he he is the winner of you know a, a major contest yeah it's fantastic so i don't know i don't know if you you, you followed that story at all but it would be something i think that you you're, you're You'd probably yeah, I'm resonate, sure. I'm, resonate I'm sure. with a little yeah, and, and the, enjoy. And the circles we hang with. Huh? Yeah, just it's really a sort of a, a nice uh, feel good moment. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, and 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 the, the fact of the matter is, is that uh, we actually become better human beings when we uh, actively engage with people that are challenged in other ways. Uh, we just for sure, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's it actually becomes a gift to us. Uh, uh, in our own development and whatnot. It puts life in perspective. Yeah. It puts yeah, your I own issues in perspective. To crazy. Be grateful. It, you, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think, I, you know, uh, uh, I tell people that I, that when my son was born, of course we didn't know, unexpected. So when my son was born, I cried like a baby. And uh, uh, and after I got over it, I've been laughing ever since. You know, <laughs> oh, that's been, great. Yeah. He, he is a, he's a character. How old uh, is he? He's 24 now. Okay. He's a character, and he's been the mo- he's been in movies. He's 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 uh, performed on Shakespeare Theater. Uh, really? Oh yeah, yeah. He's yeah he's in a drama thing, and uh, I'll send you I'll send you a, a link to one of the movies that he did. Yeah, and, I would love uh, to see it. We could share that on social, that on social media. media. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, Absolutely. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He, he did a short on a magician. <laughs> so, every time I see it, let's I help market and brand your son. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Let's so get him out there. It's, it's uh, and then and then. My goodness, I mean, the parents that we meet just uh, over the top, just over the top, just the human beings that just like, wow, this really great, great folks. So uh, I just I, I feel blessed by uh, uh, having, having him in our lives and, and all the people that are associated with us as a result of having him in our lives. Well, Tom, yeah, you're, 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 you're a quality person, and, and it sounds like you have a, a blessed family. And, and Thank you. Uh, Thank while you. we appreciate all the advice and, and information that you've brought to us, uh, I think that you know the lesson can be learned here that there's also more to people. And you know we are dealing with people. People are people, and everyone has comes from different backgrounds. And um, I, I appreciate you sort of giving your time and talking to us about um, your experiences. Uh, in our industry and, and how to improve because I think that's all we're trying to do as people and as as, as employers, as, as owners, as, as is to improve in one way or another in, in your life. And so, so thank you for, for joining You're us welcome. today. You're welcome. Yeah. It's and been a pleasure. In your case, just uh, from a personal side, it's been great getting to know you. And uh, Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah this has yeah. been fantastic. So thanks for coming out. And so 
There we have it, wrapping uh, this episode. Great episode. Uh, we couldn't have done it without Tom coming out. And uh, so I'm Kevin O'Brien. Tony Sherwood. We'll catch you next time. Thank you. <laughs>